Hello, church family. Thank you for joining us for another message from Res Life Holland. We hope this sermon encourages you in your walk with Jesus and empowers you to live the life God has for you. Now sit back and enjoy today's message. Before we get started today, I get to introduce a guest speaker. And um, I am excited. Today I want to introduce Carlos Cese. Now Carlos is a nice guy. Carlos is a friend. He's been attending uh, Res Granville for I don't know how many years. I've known him for many years. We've met different times. In my mind, that's who Carlos is. But to the world, Carlos is more than that. Carlos is a world-renowned opera singer. I don't listen to opera. I didn't know that. Like, I, I don't know how big his name is in, in the opera world. But when I think about Carlos, I think about the scripture that says in Psalm 75 that it is God who raises people up and who gives promotion. And when we have someone, when we, when we have a guest speaker, one of the things that I'm looking for is somebody who can impart something, who can demonstrate something uh, to a degree that, that I wouldn't. Someone who can catch, because how many of you realize there is a lot that is taught, but there's also a lot that is caught. And I am excited that we have the opportunity to listen to Carlos, because Carlos, more than anyone I know, exemplifies what it means to follow in the 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 promotion that God sets you up for, that God, God's anointing has had an impact on his life, has impacted other people. And I'm going to share a story before I... One of the times that, that I was with Carlos, we were at one of the Christian businessmen's meetings, I think that's what it was, at the church in Granville. And we're sitting there and we're having lunch and, and we're just listening. And Carlos kind of looks down at his phone and gets a text and he answers. He says, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to slip out. I said, oh, that's no problem. I said, what's, what's going on? He's like, well, Warren Buffett's birthday's today. He decided he wants me to sing his jet's coming to pick me up. And then he slipped out. And I realized that when God promotes you, there's no limit to how high that influence is. And God has a call for each and every one of our lives. And when God sets out to promote, then, then he will succeed. So I just want you guys to understand that we are hearing something special from someone who God is anointing. And, and I want you to understand that example as you listen to what he has to say, because sometimes it's hard to care what someone has to say without understanding where they're coming from. Come on up. Hey, God bless. Father, I gave you thanks. I'm here to do your will. I'm here to do your purpose. I'm here to partnership with my brothers and sisters. Holy Spirit, I'm going to be giving information. And Holy Spirit, you're going to be giving revelation. And I pray this in the name of Jesus, my Savior and Redeemer. Amen. Isaiah chapter 46, verse 10, is a verse that is impacted very, very profound my life. I was born in New York. My parents are Puerto Rican. We moved back to Puerto Rico when I was three, four years old. So I'm a New Yorican, not a Puerto Rican. <laughs> and um, 
When I moved back to Puerto Rico, uh, my father is a singer, but he's not a professional singer. So from him, I inherit my voice. And um, this verse, Isaiah 46.10, always impacted my life. Because it says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. That is a very deep, great verse that it took me many years to understand the deepness and the revelation that the Holy Spirit wants to give with that. And if you see in that verse, it says that he declares everything from the end and then he goes at the beginning. So I need three men, if they can come over here quickly to show an illustration, that would be great. Because I think this is very important that we understand. Oh, yeah. I got four. That's great. <laughs> Usually I have to beg for, for, for one to come in. So if you guys want to stand right here facing this way, please. I would really appreciate that right there. So here we got, Bobby, you're going to be God today, okay? We got God, we got Christ, and we had the Holy Spirit, okay? So God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, in their eternity, I'm going to create something that we call time. Because for them, time doesn't exist because they are eternal. So they're going to create a box that it has an end and a beginning. Make sense? So they are eternal, but they're going to do something because they're going to put together and do a plan together, and they're going to call that time box that has a beginning, it has an end. But it's amazing how they work together. You got God, you got Christ, you got the Holy Spirit, and they have this marvelous plan that they want to do, which is create humankind. They want to create you and me. So it's amazing that that verse says, I declare from the end the beginning. So this is what they did. They are here in eternity. They're going to create that. You can follow me. And if you can stand right here now facing that way. So they came. You are right here, God. There you are. Thank you, Bobby. So then they come to the end. Not in the beginning. They come to the end. And here they plan everything about you and me. We declare the end from the beginning. So here they said we're going to create Adam and Eve. They're going to sin. They're going to give the dominion, the kingdom of the earth to Satan. Christ is going to take a body. He's going to come some uh, years later. He's going to become flesh like us. He's going to restore the kingdom. Then Christ is going to talk to the Father to send the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit can come and be the governor of our life. And they plan everything from down there. They plan this day in that place. They plan everything in the end. And look what happened. 
Then they come over here. Can you come over here and take the same position you were at the beginning? When they already had that master plan done, and they are pleased in their, in their counsel, they said, let's call it the beginning. And so they went to Genesis and created man and did everything. But they planned everything from Revelation. So now we are walking from Genesis, and we have been walking, 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 walking until the day he will come back again, Revelations. And then he will close the box of time, and we will be eternal again with them. Did that make sense? Thank you so much. Thank you. Now you are back to be Bobby, okay? <laughs> so that is very important because that's the reason you should not be anxious about nothing. You should not be anxious about what you're going to eat, what you're going to dress, what you're going to drink, because everything has been what? Planted before even you were born. The Bible said that the pagans only ask for those things. The Bible said that. The Gentiles. Who are the Gentiles? Those people who have rebelled from the sonship of God and has declared independent to live their life in a way that they can be their own sources. You and I are sons of daughter of a king. And this king, he's not only responsible, but he feels like the duty to give us us everything that we need to survive and exist in this earth because they already prepared that for us and ordained that for us. We call that predestination. Every human being has been predestined with a destination, eternal life, to live with God for eternity. Every human being that is born on earth, the destination is to spend eternity with God. The difference that we have from us and the angels, and angels cannot sing, I want to become a demon, and a demon cannot say, I want to become an angel. But you and I can say, I want to live eternity with God. I want to live eternity without God. We call it free will. Make sense? So God has already ordained. Not only that, he has preordained your life from your end. And then he called it the beginning. He knows exactly the day we're going to be recalled. He planned it. Not one second more, not one second less. Nothing take God's Christ and the Holy Spirit by surprise because they created everything from the end. And then they call it the beginning. Nothing can take them for surprise. Nothing happens because it happens. It happens because they plan it. They put a purpose. So God 
has given us gifts and talents so we can live a life full with those gifts and talents. Every person that is sitting here has been given a gift. Everybody has come prepared to this earth with a gift. But you know what is the tragedy of any human being? The biggest tragedy, tragedy of a human being is not death. It's to live a life without purpose. Every time I go to a cemetery, a cemetery speaks very loudly to me. The cemetery is full of people who had a lot of potential, but never delivered that potential. In the cemetery are the songs that never has been written, the operas that never weren't written, the paints that were never painted, the books that were never written, full of potential. God is asking us, because he already preordained our life from the end for us to fulfill a task here on earth. Everyone is being called to partnership with God in this earth and to advance the kingdom of God in this place. To have influence in the marketplace. To have influence in the place of your work. Many people ask me, you are a singer. Do you sing secular or sacred music? And I always answer with a question. Do I have a public life and a private life? If I have a public life and I have a private life, I don't have a life. Because my public life, the artist and Carlos, the personal, are one. So when I sing, I don't sing secular, I don't sing sacred. I sing everything to do the work that God sent me to do on earth so his name can be glorified. That's what Jesus said in chapter 17. I had done the work that you sent me to do so your name can be what? Glorified. Everyone has a gift. Everybody has a purpose. Many people ask me, I, don't ha I cannot find my purpose. I don't know what my purpose it is. You will see how, how easy it is to find that purpose. Anything that makes you anger, you are born to solve it. That's your purpose. Anything that makes you anger, God sent you to this earth to solve it. That's purpose. But then you can ask, I cannot solve the problem. And I can tell you, you are right. But you are part of the solution. And if everybody does their part, what a wonderful world we will have. God is counting on you. Because everything that is for your life has been already determined, preordained, predestined, so you can walk in your life and everything is going to be what? 
coming towards you because all the resources, all the relationship, all the things that you need are already ordained. The only thing I have to do is to do what? To walk that path that he already has what? Ordained for me. And if I'm walking in that path, what's happened? I get to meet Joshua. I get to meet Dwayne. I get to meet my wife. I get to have my kids. I have to have my relationship, my career. Because everything has been ordained for me to live a life that is fully in God's hands. In other words, I'm canceling all your excuses. Amen? God loves to partnership. God doesn't need my singing. If God doesn't need my money, I don't need to sing to God. He doesn't need that either. He doesn't need nothing from me. But I need everything from him. And when I am in need of him, he's available to me because in the end, he said, I will take care of you. I promise you I will look for you with no strings attached. Our gift, sometimes we confuse what the gift it is. It's a word called G-I-F-T. What is a gift? The word says it. It's not mine. It's a gift to give. The problem is sometimes that we use that gift and we feel like we have ownership of that gift. And then we don't use it for the right reasons. When I use my gift, I had to have the likeness and my image of my Father, Christ, and the Holy Spirit they give themselves, and we call it A-G-A-P-E, agape. They give all themselves, no strings attached. So when I'm singing, I'm not singing for a paycheck. I'm singing to partnership. With the Trinity. And because everything has ordained, every time I sing, they said, I don't want Carlo to ask me what he's going to drink, what he's going to eat, what he's going to wear, a house, a car. I don't want him to ask me for nothing of that. If he keeps working that path that we have ordained for him, all those things are going to be coming to him. And he doesn't have to worry about them because I'll make sure I put all those resources in his path, so he can abandon himself to the purity of my calling and my purpose for him on earth. That's you. You are called to be effective influence in the marketplace that is out there. You are called to be a gift to this world so this world can be a better place. 
We're still living in paradise. The only thing we don't see paradise is because sin is reigning right now. It's taking dominion. But if we live in a life that we are trying to take, allowing the Holy Spirit to change us so we can learn the character of Jesus, so we can become justice as Christ is justice for this world. If I live in that way, then I'll be making this place a paradise because I carry an environment. I carry a yoke in me, the Holy Spirit, that is creating an environment everywhere I take a step in my path to the purpose that they have. The best thing I'm going to leave to my kids is not money. It's not property. It's my name. When it's my time to go, that the people can say, Carlos served very well his generation. That is the best gift I can give to my sons and daughters. My name. Because I serve my Lord with the gift he trusted me. No strings attached. And I give it to the world. We are called to do that. We are called to be an inspiration for this world. I want to ask you a question. Which is very important to understand. Who am I? Why I'm here? And where I am going. Three questions that every human being has to answer. Who am I? What I am here, when I'm gonna, where I'm going to go. If you can answer those three questions, you have found your purpose. It's a blessing to be sons of daughters of God. Why is a blessing? Because his name and his image and his likeness are inside of us. We are created to be successful. We are created to live a life full of blessings, full of all the things that God already created. God already knew when he thought think about you, to create you, God will do everything to reveal to you that path that you have to walk so he can bless you fully. And if he sees you going to the left, the Holy Spirit, who is living inside of you, who is thrown in you, he's going to let you know you have to come back this way. If you go a little bit this way, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you you need to come this way. That's the reason the Holy Spirit is the most important person on earth. Because the Father is sitting in his throne. And Jesus is sitting to his right. But the Holy Spirit is sitting inside of you. He's the most important person on earth. Because he's the one who's going to reveal to you the plan that God has set for your life. And understand this, God never promised to explain himself. God always promised 
to reveal himself. And we're trying to get the, explain to me this, God, explain this to me. I don't see in my Bible not a single verse that he promised to explain himself, but I see a lot of verses that he says he's going to reveal himself to us. My mentor died in an airplane crash. My wife and I were supposed to be in that plane. We were going to do a global summit in the city of Freeport in Bahamas, Grand Bahamas. And I was doing a special for a big um, uh, TV station in Latin America called Univision. And I was doing a Christmas um, a special for them. And then uh, I stayed in Miami. And my mentor called me and said, uh, will you come to Nassau? I want you to sing in Nassau Sunday. And then we fly together to Freeport. And I said to him, well, I would love to do that, but Shot is coming from Grand Haven, and she's going to be meeting me in Miami. So I want to stay in Miami so I can wait for her. And he said, okay, I understand that. But then a couple hours later, he called me and said, once, once you get to Miami, you and Shard doesn't fly here to Nassau. And then you sing on Sunday in my church, and then we fly together from Nassau to Freeport. And I said, oh, that sounds good. But then when I hang the phone with him, the Holy Spirit, through my other friend, which I was staying in the house, he said, Carlos, why don't you sing tomorrow at my church? And then you go to Nassau in the afternoon. And I said, wow, that sounds good too. So I had two invitations. One's to go to Nassau to sing, and one to stay in Miami to sing. Which one to take? I didn't know which one to take. But then... <laughs> because God has ordained my life from the end. And then he called it the beginning. He said, I can feel the Holy Spirit saying inside of me, stay in Miami. And I stay in Miami. The next day we flew to Freeport. We landed. And 30 minutes later, my mentor and eight members of his team die in the plane crash. If it was my time, she and I will be in that plane. But because God has ordained my life, and I was following his path, he has ordained that for me. November 9, 2013, I stayed in Miami and not in Nassau. Everything that is going to happen in your life is already ordained. And God is going to give you the advice to stay in your lane. And nothing can harm you here on earth. All the plans for the devil cannot harm you. Why? Because God has ordained a perfect life for you already to do what? To walk through. That's the reason you should never be anxious about nothing. 
with capital letters. Because everything that God has for your life, he already has created for you. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? Did you feel better about it? <laughs> about the purpose of your life? And how you're going to impact that marketplace? So I receive a lot of criticism because I'm singing secular music. I'm singing songs that are not dedicated to God. Things that are uh, not what they call holy. Everything that I sing is holy. Because I know what I'm singing. I'm not going to be singing a song that is directed to the God of ISIS, the God of whatever. I don't take those operas. I let them take those ones. I choose the operas that I'm going to be singing and the songs I'm going to be singing. Because those songs are going to do what? Glorify His name. And I only have to ask this. God, I don't want to sing operas that it will compromise my convictions. Because we are living in an era that it's better to be hated but our convictions than to be loved but our compromises. Let me say that again. We are living in a time that it's better to be hated by your convictions than to be loved by your compromises. Because your life already has been ordained. And you have to walk in that conviction because I'm an ambassador of Christ. I don't have a personal opinion. I have the opinion of Christ and the kingdom of heaven. I am a pilgrim and a foreigner in this land. And for that reason, I belong to another country. I belong to another government. And I am an ambassador of that country and that government. And I'm going to speak what my king sets about the principles that he needs to be living in this earth. I'm not going to compromise that because it's not my personal opinion. It's what? His opinion. Let me give you an example. I was in a meeting, and the meeting was to talk about my career. Suddenly, the person that was doing the interview said to me right there, on air, I'm not prepared for the question. He said, Carlos, what do you think about gay marriage? Let's go to a pause, and after the commercials, Carlos is going to give us his answer. He made a big mistake. <laughs> he went to a commercial. And I said, Holy Spirit, he's throwing me a curve. You're going to throw him a fastball. Right in the center of the play. So I make silence. I start speaking in tongues. Very softly, very gently. Because I don't know what to ask the Father. So I said it's time for the Holy Spirit to talk to my Father. And ask Him and give me the revelation. So I was probably my mouth. And he came back. Carlos, what is your answer? I said, I am thankful because you asked me that because I'm going to tell you what my king says about that. And he said, what kingdom do you live? And I said, do you live in the United States? We have a president. I said, 
No, my king is Jesus. And he is the owner of the earth. And he's the king of earth. And he has a government. And he, Jesus, has a constitution about all things. And he said, so you don't believe in gay marriage? It's not my opinion. I'm just going to give you the opinion of my king. So I said, I'm going to give you an illustration. And you will see why I'm against gay marriage. And I'm in favor of the marriage that my king created from the beginning. He said, go ahead. I said, if I put three islands... And I put in one island, two women. In another island, I put two men. In another island, I put a woman and a man. And we come 200 years later, which island has life on it? You can use all the excuses you can, but I'm going to cancel all the things that you do. The reason God created a man and a woman as a marriage is to preserve life on earth. And that doesn't have no arguments. Because I didn't attack him with values and morals. Because his values and morals are completely different from mine. So I use what? A principle. A law. That I cannot be argued on it. And then the phones start lining up. And he said, oh, you're going to get crucified here. I got all my friends right here that are going to tell you what about they think about that. Not a single person of all the phones call were in disagreement with me. It's like all the kingdom network came through and say, I agree with Carlos. I agree with Carlos. Because God already has ordained the way you're going to live in this earth. And when you live in that past, what happened? God is responsible to make you successful. What is fame? People say, Carlos, you are very famous. Pastor Joshua doesn't know I'm famous. But there are a lot of people who know me that I'm famous. My people say that I touch every year 300 million people. I don't know how they get that number because I don't see them in front of me when I'm singing. But they say that. So what is fame? Fame is a tool that allows me to know how well I'm serving my gift to humanity. So fame for me is not prestige. It's not that I can use it to get in front of the line and not make line in the restaurants and things like that. That's not fame for me. Fame for me is a tool to allow me to know that I'm serving my gift to the world. And because I'm serving my gift to the world, they know me and they call me a renowned opera singer. That's fame for me. So we have been called to be successful in the marketplace. I want you to get out today. Don't get anxious, don't get nervous. And if anything gives you, trying to give you anxiety and make you nervous, just always think that your life has been created from the end. And then they were pleased to bring you here to earth 
So you can live your 120 years on earth, walking in the path and His purpose, and then when you meet them at the end, you can embrace them, and they can say to you, faithful son, faithful daughter, you have done what I have ordained and predestined for your life. Father, I give you thanks for my brothers and my sisters. I give you thanks with the purpose that you created our life. I give you thanks because you have ordained and preordained everything for us. May God continue to live with you, to follow your path, and that your Holy Spirit will guide us through these voyages, to this endeavor that we're living here on earth to bring glory to your name and to be ambassadors of your kingdom here on earth. Make us always remind that everything that is going in my life, you have already ordained and preordained a destiny for me, a purpose here on earth, and I would like to live my life for you and to fulfill that purpose so your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right. Well, um, I have a moment that I can just add a verse to what you, you shared there. Um, we live in West Michigan, which is the heart of, of a lot of teaching on predestination. So what does it mean? He talked about predestination, and so does the Bible. Romans 8, 29, verse 30 says, For God foreknew, he also predestined. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Now, I'll use that illustration you just gave a moment ago of where, where God created the world and time, and then he stood at the far end of it, and he looked and saw what it was, and then he predestined it. So what does it mean? And, and you, you mentioned free will, and you talked about the choice that we have to step into what God has called us to do or to avoid it. We talked last week, if, if you want a little bit more clarity, we actually talked about this last week where I talked about how God, God has said, I want everyone, and you said that. God wants everyone to accept, but is everyone going to accept? No. I want to look at that verse again. It says, and those he foreknew, he predestined. If it had said those he predestined, he foreknew, then you'd have nothing to do with it. Because his choice of destiny would be preceding what happened. But instead it says he looks forward and he foreknew and then he predestined. What that means is God looked at the choices, decisions that you would make and he said, I will prepare for that. I've used the example of, of an RSVP. We have a a conference coming up. We are excited about this conference. We have this entire room. I've counted them. 
I know exactly how many chairs are in here. I know how many chairs we have in the back room. There's a sign on the door that tells the, the fire marshal says how many people we can fit in here. I'd like to fill it. Amen. Now, people are pre-registering. When they pre-register, I will plan for their arrival. If I invite all of you to my house for dinner, and I say, please, RSVP, and 50 of you say you're going to be there, and I prepare 50 cheesecakes or 50 steaks or whatever it is, did I foreknew, and so I predestined those steaks for you. The, the question is, me making the steak, did that force you to come? Or did I see that you were coming and I made the steak? God says, he foreknew, you sent the RSVP. And he said, okay, I have destined you. Can we choose and not accept Christ? Yes, we can. But as he pointed out today, when we, when we know that God has predestined, he has ordained, I love that word, he has ordained a path for us. And he is prepared for it. We recognize that as we make those decisions, as we follow through, as we seek the Holy Spirit's guidance, he has a path, he has something ready for us. I love what you said when you said that we are to work with God. We've talked about that. Co-laboring with the Lord. I'm so excited to move forward and thank you for coming. Thank you for being a solid example of what it looks like to align ourselves with God's purpose, to listen to the Holy Spirit and choose to follow his leading. And when we do that, man, he, he will have those, those things ready to, to fulfill our purpose. If you're here today and you say, you know that you're right with God, you know you're forgiven, you know that you're on your way to heaven, I want you to raise your hand. The Bible tells us to know that we have salvation. God, the Bible says, desires that everyone would come to a saving knowledge of him. But we also recognize not everyone will. Why? Because they have a choice. The Bible says in Romans 10, 9, and 10, if you believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross and you confess with your mouth that he rose from the dead, you will be saved. That's the choice that you have. What choice will you make? If you desire to make that choice, to step into that certainty, I invite you to do so with every eye closed, just a minute, everyone watching online. If that's you, I invite you to just raise your hand. Even at home, just raise your hand. And we will pray that prayer. This is what the Bible says. So just repeat with me. Say, dear God, I believe that you desire relationship with me. That you sent your son to die on the cross to pay for my sin. And that he rose from the dead. I choose to live my life for you, not for myself. I accept your forgiveness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, 
If that was you, please come let us know. Right down here at the front, I have a gift for you. If you're online, um, you can send us a private message. You can put a comment in the video that you're watching, and we will send you a link to that same uh, resource digitally. We just want to thank you for it.